Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but hey, it's mine. And I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How is it going? Hello, Ellen. It's good. <laughs> That's all we got today. Um, we're back, and yeah, we take a week off, and it feels like it's been like months since know, we've been it's here. It's really weird. Today, we are going to chat about The Bride by Julie Garwood, but first, mom. With this break that we've had, what have you been reading and watching? Well, it was really good that we had the um, free-for-all yeah. the week before. Yep. Because I glommed on to books. Yes, I can't did. even remember who recommended them. Do you remember? I think it was Natalie that well, whoever recommended it was. those. I read the Hester Fox books. So I started with The Orphan of Cemetery Hill, and then I read The Witch of Willow Hall, and then I read The Widow of Pale Harbor. Um, I really liked The Orphan of Cemetery Hill. I really, really liked The Witch of Willow Hall. And I really, really, really liked The Widow of Pale Harbor. It was Sarah R. Sarah R. Sorry. Well, thank you, Sarah. 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 Sarah R. Sarah R. <laughs> thank you, Sarah, for those recommendations because I really enjoyed them. Um. And I, they definitely got better, progressively better. So, um, you know, and, and they're all standalones. So if you just want to start with the last one, that's fine. But I really enjoyed all of them. Um, a little bit of mystery in each one of them. A little bit of a time period, like just pre-Civil War time period for all of them. And, um, uh, and in America. And um, a little bit of magic sort of in each one and um it was fun they were fun books i enjoyed them yeah as soon as sarah started describing those books i'm like this they have mom written <laughs> all over them the um first story i enjoyed but it was kind of all over the place the other stories i liked better but i still enjoyed the first one so i mean i hate to negate it but i enjoyed them um I didn't read anything, and I'm not going to lie, it's pretty nice, you guys, uh, <laughs> when we don't have to, when we get these breaks. It's it's nice. Well, I just like being able to read whatever I want. Yeah, I didn't read anything, but I sort of read because I watched a shit ton of Korean dramas. <laughs> so, last we spoke, I was watching Oh My Venus, and I finished that and loved that one so much. I really loved that one. Um, and like stayed up until like six in the morning, I think watching all of it. Cause it's kind of like reading where it's like, I get to a certain point and I'm like, well, obviously I'm going to finish this tonight, whether <laughs> tonight it goes into six in the morning or not. Um, and then I watched it's okay to not be okay on Netflix. Um, that one's really good. It's, um, the hero it like works in a psychiatric ward and um he's got an autistic brother and he meets this girl who um it has like uh associative personality disorder or I'm, I'm disassociative i think is what it is um and so she's a little she's a little bit of a wild card and um so it's just him trying to like 
control all these people <laughs> around him. Hurting but, cats. Um, yeah, but it's it's it was really cute, and I cried a lot in that one. Um, and I've noticed a thing in Korean dramas is, like, fate. Like, all these people are fated. Like, they all had run-ins when they were children and things like that. That's a very big trope in these Korean dramas, because that literally, like, has happened in at least half of them. <laughs> it's a weird thing, though, because, like, after my husband and I met and fell madly in love and just had yeah. to get married, yeah. um, as we started talking back through our history, there were so many times that we were in the same place at the same time. I mean, we probably had met and just never, I don't know, made an impression on each other, I guess. I don't know how it works, but um, we could think of several times that we probably had met. Yeah. So, you know, stuff happens like that. Yeah. Um, and then I watched one called, I kind of like would watch a really heavy one and then I'd watch a really fluffy, fun one. And then I'd watch another heavy one and then, you know, kind of just went through that pattern. Um, so my fluffy one after It's Okay to Not Be Okay was I ended up getting a Rakuten uh, account, which is when you pay to watch a whole library of Korean dramas. It's... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, and this one was called Strong Woman Do Bong Song. I don't know how to say her name exactly. Um, but it's like there's this, not curse, but like her, her the women in her family are gifted with like Herculean strength. And, um, but the second that they use their strength for evil, they, um, they lose it. And so she's always trying to not lose her powers. Um, but she's in love with this cop. That she's, like, been in love with her entire life. But then there's this guy who's, like, a tech billionaire who he sees her using her powers and he hires her to be his bodyguard. And she's, like, this tiny <laughs> little cute Asian girl and it's kind of funny. Um, and, of course... They fall in love. Spoiler alert. Because we read romance <laughs> and we want everyone to fall in love. Um, that one was really cute. It's very... That one's very silly, but it's still really cute. And I think I cried in that one, too, a couple times. You know, these Korean dramas, they just really get you. And then I'm currently watching, and I'm almost done with it. Um, it it's, it's got a couple different names. It's called Goblin, but it's also called Guardian, the Lonely, and Great God. And what it is is this guy who has been cursed with immortality. He's known as a goblin. And, um... He's roommates with a Grim Reaper, as they do. <laughs> as one is. <laughs> um, and the the guy, the goblin, who's cursed with immortality, like, he's been told that he needs to find his goblin bride, who is going to be the one who can see his... Because he's got this sword that's, like, stuck inside of him. And... Um, that's what's keeping him immortal. And so, like, he needs to find this one person who's going to be able to, like pull out the sword. So it's like sword and stone. Yeah, basically. Only with a human. So of course he ends up finding her. They're falling in love, but um, there's all sorts of, because... And she can see the sword? So she's like walking around with this guy with a sword sticking (laughs) out of his chest? Well, and she doesn't tell him for a long time, and so he's like, well, obviously you're not bright. You're not, like, because if you can't How see... How is that? Like, if you see a guy with a sword sticking out, what? <laughs> why is that not the first thing well, that you say? Here's the thing about her is she also sees ghosts. So she's used to some pretty, okay. like, weird crap. Um, but... Because, truly, you'd say, so what's going on here? So I can't help but notice. Well, she's used <laughs> to talking to people where she has to ignore 
there. Like, crazy stuff going yeah. on. Um, and the Grim Reaper keeps trying to kill her because it turns out that the goblin actually saved her when she, like, saved her pregnant mother. And oh so gosh. she shouldn't even Terminator esque. She shouldn't even exist. And so the Are Grim, you Sarah Goddard? <laughs> so the Grim Reaper keeps trying to kill her, but then like Goblin keeps trying to save her and all this stuff. And then the, like there's a really strong bromance vibe between the Grim Reaper and the Goblin that's really funny. It's it's kind of got like supernatural vibes to it for me. Um, but that one's really funny and it's also very tragic. And like there's two tragic love stories in this one. Um, actually, like, probably, because there's, there's also, like, all these past live things that start coming up because you find out the Grim Reaper's got, like, a past live tragedy and all this stuff. It's crazy. Um, but that one's really good. And, um... Sounds pretty bonkers. Yeah. So those are the bonkers Korean shows that I've been watching. (laughs) Um, and I've been, yeah, I've been really enjoying my Korean drama binge. It's been a good time. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. Mom gets mad because I don't spend time with her. Yeah. It's like, Ellen, are you going to ever come out? And- well, and we'll see because I start um, I start student teaching tomorrow and I like do that pretty full time for the next month and it's going to be kind of a crazy month. So, yeah. So, if I seem stressed in the next four episodes, it's probably because I am. <laughs> That's what's going on with me. Just so you know, I did my student teaching when I had three children. So, Wah. yeah. So don't whine to me about I have a dog. He's very needy. (laughs) That that is true. (laughs) So don't whine to me about your, you know, being stressed. My dog is probably more needy than your three children were. (laughs) That's probably true. Well, my children were probably needy. I just probably didn't care. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Okay. Enough about Korean shows. Let's talk about this book. So today we are chatting about The Bride by Julie Garwood. It was originally published in 1989 and is the first book in her Laird's Fiancé duet. Because there's only two books. Um, Here is the back cover description for The Bride. By the king's edict, Alec Kincaid, mightiest of the Scottish lairds, must take an English bride, and Jamie, the youngest daughter of Baron Jameson, is his choice. From his first glimpse of the proud and beautiful English lady, Alec felt a burning hunger stir within him. This was a woman worthy of his fearless warrior's spirit, and he aches to touch her, tame her, possess her forever." But with the wedding vows, Jamie pledges her own secret oath. She will never surrender her love to this Highland barbarian. He was everything her heart warned her against. An arrogant, brooding scoundrel whose rough good looks and seductive embrace fire her blood. But when strange accidents begin to threaten Jamie's life and an old rumor that Alec killed his wife spreads anew, something far more dangerous than desires, than desire threatens to conquer her senses. It's a very, it's a very dramatic back <laughs> cover description. Especially for this book, which is, you know, it's got drama, but it's kind of pretty sweet little story. Yeah. Um, Mom, what did you think of The Bride? Ellen, I loved it until one thing made it a really like for me. Yeah. We're going to talk about that because uh, we have the same thing, I think. Um, I, I think... I I loved it. I thought it was a fun story. I loved the mystery in it. I loved, um, you know, just the good old-fashioned, old-school romance of it. Yeah, I think even before I got to that um, moment, I was 
just going to probably be a really liked because it's a very, it's, it's very sweet, but it, it wasn't anything that like knocked my socks off, but I still really enjoyed it. I like, I got through it. No problem. Um, I really liked both of the characters. Um, and I can see why it's like a much beloved book. Yeah. Cause it's very, it's a very kind of like, it's a good comfort read. I could see it being one that's just like, oh, this is nice. I'm also not wholly convinced that I haven't already read this because there were things that were really ringing bells for me, but then there was other stuff where I was like, but I don't remember that. Um, there was a couple of things, um, just in the book in general, as we're talking about just the book in general right now, there's a couple times that she would use phraseology that I thought, I'm not sure in 1100 that they said things like sexy. She was sexy or, you know, the, the sexy little whimper. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not sure sexy was a word that they used back then. Um, I don't know. There was a couple of phrases I was like, hmm. Well, it has a very, I mean, I don't know. But, see, we say this, but then it's like, but do I really want to read a book in, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's all old, written in old English. English like really, Robin Hood. <laughs> I really want to read Chaucer romance. Um, Gosh, no. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what we're dealing with. Yes. Um, so, I, I sort of get it. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to give it a... I really liked, and I can see why people love it. Because there's right. nothing about it that I was like, oh, no. Uh, uh. It just wasn't, it just didn't like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. Right. Like, it just didn't capture that aspect for me. But I really, really enjoyed it. And Well, as I said, I really liked it. I, I really enjoyed reading it. I thought it was a fun read. It went pretty fast. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Jamie as our heroine? Jamie with a man's name. Um... I loved Jamie. I thought she was a lot of fun. Um, are we going to talk about her family later? or Yes, she- we're going to talk about her family later because I have a lot to say about her family. <laughs> um, but I loved Jamie. I thought she was, um, I loved how she stood up to him. I loved how she stood up to him, but then she would back off when she knew she needed to back off. So there yeah. was, it was like a good, she was a good mix of. Yeah, all around because she's feisty but still very sweet and believably both of those things, which is kind of a hard thing. Not a lot of people can pull that off. Right. Um, with their writing. And I think she really, and I think part of it is just because she's this girl in 1100, you know, yeah. whatever. And, um, and so just by nature, they were very naive and kind of more sweet back then. But, um, but I bought into, you know, she's this caregiver, she's, um, but then she's also very independent and feisty and, you know, won't back down from a... Well, she's used to running the show at her house and, um, yeah, but she wants, you know, she wants people, not that she wants people to like her because she's needy, but she wants to kind of soothe over some of the problems that people have with her. And so she kind of takes on, like when she took on Edith... I was like, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. So. I love, yeah, I love when she, I love how she takes on everybody. Yeah. I love when she takes on Justin. Yeah. That part was awesome. That was funny. Even though she mistakenly. Did it wrong. (laughs) Clubbed Philip. When she stood up to the one guy who she saved his baby. That was awesome. Yeah. I was like, you go girl. And I think that's why Gavin just stood there and enjoyed the show because it was so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really liked her as a heroine and, um. And yeah, like I said, just bought into 
you know, her as a character and a personality and given her upbringing and things like that. Um, and yeah, she was a really good foil to him. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what did you think of Alec as our hero? Um, I liked Alec. I mean, he was a little gruff. Yeah. And needed to be worn down a bit, which she did. Yeah. In, in, you know, spectacular fashion. But I think that was the whole point of the whole thing is he was gruff and he was good. He went into this thinking, I'm going to have the upper hand and I'm going to bring her, you know, I'm going to tame her. And it was really kind of a taming of the shrew kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm going to bring her to her knees. And then, of course, it doesn't turn out that way. Yeah. I love um, the scene. I really wanted Beak to show up again. Yeah, I liked Beak, too. Um, but I liked, um, and I thought for sure he would, because she tells him, like, if something goes wrong with my family, like, you come get me. So yeah. I thought for sure there was going to be a moment where he showed up. Anyway, um, but where Beak is like, I need to know what kind of man you are, because I'm about to give you, like... My greatest... Yeah, a, a precious gift, but I want to make sure you're worthy. Yeah, and so I liked that that whole scene. Um, I always think of Brave when they describe these, like, larger-than-life hulks <laughs> of man. Because I think of her dad, who's just, like, this cartoonish, like, slab of rock. And then his her little mom that's just, you know, this little Tiny dainty little. thing. <laughs> so that's what I always think of when they... And that, that happens all the time in these Highlander books. Like, the guys are always just described as, like, mountains. Yes. And... Ginormous. Yeah. And they make these little foppish English guys look weak and puny, which cracked me up. <laughs> um, I love Jamie getting all scandalized by kilts and seeing all their knees. <laughs> and um, I wrote down this line when uh, she's like, well, what do you wear underneath? She's like, never mind. I've changed my mind. I don't know. want to know what they wear underneath. He's like, oh, but I want to tell, tell you. <laughs> she's like, well, tell me later when we're alone. <laughs> Yeah, they, when they started getting closer, they were a lot of, I mean, they were fun in the beginning too, when they're just sniping at each other all the time, but when they kind of are sniping and then add in more flirting as yeah. well, it, it was fun. Well, and as she started to understand him better and understood how to play him and, and, you know, began to realize he doesn't hate me. He doesn't think I'm ugly. He doesn't think I'm horrible. It's just the way he is. And yeah. I'm going to wear him down. Yeah. And she does. Yeah. No, I really, I really liked him. I really liked them together, for sure. Um, okay, so what's the verdict? Was Jamie a slave? I can't. I still don't have like a total read on what was going on with her and her family. Well, I don't know that she was a slave, but I think, I, I think he nailed it in that, you know, she didn't really feel like she fit in, and the way she did was she made herself invaluable to her dad, essentially. Mm -hmm. And her dad kept referring to that as, you know, he loved her best, but I think really it was he needed her the most. And um, so I don't know that it was a slave, but he was the one that she relied on the most. Yeah. It would be kind of like you. <laughs> kind of true. <laughs> like when you went away to college, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to function. <laughs> it's true. I wondered that too. <laughs> I think a lot of people wondered that. But because uh, I relied pretty heavily on Ellen. She was like my rock. And um, anyway, uh, it, it's kind of like that, Ellen. Did you feel like you were a slave? Sometimes. I <laughs> Whatever. I went when I was a kid and mom would like 
tell me to do stuff, I would say, Cinderella! Cinderella! <laughs> Cinderella! <laughs> and I'd just quote. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You were just worked to death. You poor darling. <laughs> Mainly, it was no, just like, make your brothers do their homework before I get home from work. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely my role. I was I was the go between between I was the mediator between the kids and the and the mom and the mom, yeah that's for definitely. sure definitely, um, yeah I I never completely because the whole beginning of that book was her dad describing his pet his treasure his very favorite and I could never figure out. If he had always felt that way, and then because, you know, she just made... But then, like, as Alec, when Alec showed up and he started looking at the scene, he's like, what the hell's been going on here, you know, kind <laughs> well, of Well, and the fact... Her dad just seemed like kind of a loser. Yeah. Honestly. The fact that he never paid his taxes, because he'd spent it all. Yeah. So he, like, collected he co- all the taxes, and then spent it. Yeah. I mean, and he, then- he deserved more than just having to give Mary off his daughters. Um, and then he had borrowed money from Alec and Mm -hmm. uh, from Andrew sorry from Andrew and you know promised her to Andrew only because they were going to move in with him so he would still have her there to boss around yeah I mean it was just all of it was like oh my gosh this is all horrible and he's treating her horrible well and then when you find out that a complete loser she's not even his daughter it makes it adds this whole other like is he just treating her that way because she's not really his? I mean, yeah, yeah there's a weird dynamic there. Yeah. And then, but then the other girls? Well, I especially, yeah, I love her in comparison specifically to her sisters who yeah. are Well, Mary twins. was the best of the, and Mary was annoying. Yeah. At best. <laughs> and, um, and she was the strongest of the lot. The other two just seemed so annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I love, there's a moment when Mary is carrying, it's after they've just gotten married and they're kind of on their trek back to Scotland, to the Highlands. Um, and there's a moment where she's carrying on about them now being married to Scots and Jamie just like shuts her down and she's like, we can't disgrace ourselves, toughen up, like this is our lot, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Make like, the best of what we got. Yeah. And you move know. forward. Um, so yeah, I just, and I also love that when Jamie stands in front of Mary to protect her, and Mary is basically using Jamie as, as a, a shield, shield when they're being, like, robbed by these... Or um, attacked in some way by these yeah. ruffians. Yeah. Um, and Daniel just gets pissed at her and is like, she's your younger sister. That's yeah. like the... I've never seen a dynamic where... The younger sister. That's the only thing that I didn't really buy into. Oh, I bought into it. I could see it. Yeah, I don't know. If she's I, the stronger personality. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely. just never witnessed that before. Like, that's just not and that's just not a dynamic I've ever seen where the youngest is the one that's, like, taking care of business and I don't know. I, I could see it happening. I'm trying to think of a show or something where it was like that, but I can't. I mean, anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, her family was the worst. Yeah. I did like that Mary... she was lucky to get out of there, by the way. Yeah, I know. And that's why I liked that Beak was like, I gotta get her out of here, but not to Andrew. Yeah. (laughs) Andrew was horrible. Yes. Um, but I did like that Mary and Daniel kind of, like, started to figure things out and, um, 
I liked Jamie's advice to Mary. Yeah, on... that was great. Like, tell him, getting... tell him he can use his mistress until he figures out how to do it right. Obviously, he needs the practice. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. That was great. Um, okay. I really liked that we get all these seemingly random moments of her helping people, and then it all really pays off in the end. So what did you think of that scene when Andrew shows up? I loved that scene. And I loved how... <laughs> Because she kept thinking that she was just pissing everybody off yeah, and left and right and center. all these wars. Creating all these problems. But in reality, she had kind of won the hearts of all these lairds. And um, so when they all showed up to fight Andrew, and they all just started thanking her. And... Well, and I like how one guy shows up and um, she's like, I don't know that guy. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> he's like, his wife's pregnant. He's gonna. He's trying to like put his payment in early. <laughs> And then the kid who she'd saved from the wild boar. And I mean, just all of it. It was really sweet. Yeah. Um, I really liked that scene a lot. And um, I like how when Andrew so- shows up, she's like, wow, he's really small. Like, <laughs> why did I ever want to spend time with him? Yeah, and why did I ever think he was handsome? Uh-uh. <laughs> Look what I got going on here. <laughs> this huge mountain of a man I got <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. You don't even compare. <laughs> you minuscule little thing. Um, but yeah, I really, I really liked that scene a lot. I don't know that, and I wanted to talk about it because it's not really a swoony moment, but I, I think it's probably one of my favorite scenes from the book. Um, okay. Now, let's talk about the climax and the villain that is hinted at throughout the book. Well, and I didn't see it coming at all. No, because, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't think that she would go there, but yeah. she did. Yeah. So... It turns out the person who was killing people and trying to kill um, all his wives, Jamie, was uh, the simple girl. <laughs> Is that fair to say? So, what do you think? I'm Are not we... sure how. I'm not sure how like, simple she was because the stuff she was writing, because we were getting like her, her diary POV entries or, or whatever. I wasn't sure if it was just her POV or like a written diary entry or something. Yeah, but it was pretty well thought out and pretty well worded so i don't know how simple she was or if she was just i don't know well i wasn't sure if she was maybe supposed to be like autistic because she talked about like oh she's just one of those people that is a right. child like forever kind well of and that's thing. what i thought it was and then when it turned out that she is the killer and had been writing this stuff i thought well maybe she wasn't as simple as they were making her out to be or maybe she wasn't as she was pretending i don't know i don't know it was all very weird yeah um, so that was the thing where I was like, huh, I don't think that we would get away with making the simple girl the villain in, in a book <laughs> These nowadays. Days. Yeah, that was, that was a little hard to, to come by. And that's why I didn't see it coming, because I really didn't think that that would be, well, because we were starting to run out of people. Well, because I knew that it was going to be someone that we knew. I mean, yeah, it, obviously. obviously. Yeah. So, but then when Marcus ended up being, yeah, I thought good. it might be Marcus, and then I even thought at one point it might be Gavin, but I thought oh, I'd be really sad if it was Gavin because yeah. I really like Gavin. He's like her buddy. Yeah, and um, then I thought maybe Edith. I thought well, that's too obvious because Edith. Like, well, and Edith makes a real big turnaround with her, right? Yeah. So we were knocking off the people who I thought it was going to be, and I'm like, who is left? And then when it turned out to be Annie, I'm like what? (laughs) Me too. So I was like, huh. And that's the only thing that 
kind of made this not a love for me because I was like, I can't really get behind that. Yeah. But um, but it was written 30 plus years ago. Not yeah. that it's not that that makes it okay. Yeah, but I don't know. No, I know, and I was, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how to feel about that, and it maybe, I don't know. Yeah. So when they first talked about Annie, I thought the same thing. I thought she's spectrum somehow, right? She's yeah. autistic, or and then, um, but then when she turned out to be the killer and the things that she had done. Locking her in the really, place and lighting the really room. calculated, yeah, and... putting the lighting the place on fire, and then putting the board there to lock her in, well, and shoving the one girl off the cliff, off the cliff. Somehow. Yeah, I mean, all of it was quite devious, yeah, and well planned out. And then I thought, well, I don't know, I don't, I don't get it. So I don't know what the answer is she there, Ellen. Just really wanted Alec, I guess. I guess so. Well, he was pretty dreamy. Yeah. So if you guys have any insight on, on that, um, let us know because I'm still, like, not 100% sure, yeah. like, how that was. The other thing that was kind of weird, it was very rushed, too, because we were at, like, I think I was at, like, 98% of the way through the book and we didn't know. And I'm like, usually there's more time devoted to, like, the reveal, the reveal. and having a big kind of showdown or something. And it's just like... Well, we still had to do the whole oh, thing with Andrew Annie. at the very end there, too, so... Yeah. Um, so, some of... It felt kind of um, throwaway at the end of it all. And um, and then with who... It, and then that made it seem even more, like, kind of, well, what? <laughs> you yeah. know, when it was revealed who it was. And um, I don't know. So, I didn't... I didn't let... There was a lot of, about that reveal and ending that I didn't like all that much that I would sat wrong with me and not only because you know she obviously had something going on um but also just because it was very rushed and just felt like arbitrary at the end of it all the whole like, way it played out yeah and yeah um anyway so that's my biggest and I think you as well that's kind of our biggest gripe about the book um, but it's like I said, I don't, if it was written today, I don't think that that's how that would go down. No, probably. I don't think they would have, I don't think a publishing house would let that go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. What'd you think? Um, they do get after it a bit more than I was expecting from like kind of this sweet 1989 book. Yeah. They do get after it. Yeah. But like, it wasn't overly explained or really explained but there's like four or five major sex sex scenes you know and um i'm used to like three now like you get the the initial the four play you know heavy make out with probably some fingering yeah (laughs) mom just did a hand gesture that i never want to see her do again uh, <laughs> you mean we read all these books together and that's what bothers you? <laughs> and then the first penetrative and then there's like the emotional penetrative. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, I know it's what like you're talking about. like the one when they've said I love you and so. The whole I love you scene in this was very cute, by the way. Mom? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. shut. <laughs> Um, Sorry. But back to the sex. I liked how he told her, like, 
well, we, we need to practice. And then that became kind of like a joke. <laughs> the thing. And that's where them. she came up with the idea for, you know, what Mary could say to Daniel, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the the sex, I mean, it was fine. It, but I was like, oh, well, okay. Well, and I loved... And, like, they, their first sex scene happens a lot earlier than I was expecting yeah. it to. Um, but... She's pretty weak, by the way. <laughs> I am not going to let him touch me. Okay, I'll, I'll have sex with you. I'm cold, so I'll just do this. <laughs> let's just make this happen. And then I'm not going to let him touch me until this happens. Well, okay, let's just have sex. And then he's like, I'm not going to touch you until you wear my plaid. Well, okay, let's... <laughs> well, um, as soon as he's like, said, I'll wait until you're in my plaid... And I was like, he's going to trick her into his plaid somehow. <laughs> and I LOL'd at that scene. We were both reading outside and I was like, <laughs> you're wearing my plaid. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that coming a yeah. mile away. Um, but I did like, you know, how that there's that scene. And then there's this whole, like, wearing plaid is like this whole monumental step in the relationship that happens a couple times. And I thought that was kind of cute. Um, what is your spooniest moment, Mom? You might be able to guess at mine. Well, I think mine might be, and I can't just pick one because I liked both. Well, you go ahead because I'm going to spoil yours if I don't. I like when he tells her he loves her in Gaelic. in Gaelic because he realizes when she's listening to some guys tell kind of a body story and she gets uh, mad at them and she throws water on them that she understands everything that they're saying. And, um, and so then he, he knows that she's been waiting for this declaration of love. And so he says it to her post-coital, um, in Gaelic. And she's like, huh, what, what did you say? What did that? you say? <laughs> what was that you said? And he's like, oh, I don't know, I think I tell you. <laughs> and I just, I like that moment because it's funny. Um, but also his speech also was very sweet, um, even though she's not supposed to understand it. But I, I liked that scene. I thought it was fun. Well, then I'm going to go to, I liked when she is declaring her love for him by beating the snot out of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> she, um, some guy makes a pass at her. Yeah. And she gets pissed. And so she goes in and gets a club off the wall and goes out there and clubs him in the back of the knees and starts, and she's wailing on him. And she's saying, not with a club. I mean, she was like standing on him and saying, I love my husband and you are going to keep your hands off me. And she's just going after him. And then turns out it's his identical twin brother. It's not even the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> but it well, was she's a, wailing on it. She's saying all this in Gaelic. In Gaelic. And so, um, yeah. So, but it was funny and it yeah. was cute. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we will hear some of your thoughts on the bride. So stay with us. Hi, no yomos. Ellen here to talk to you about a new book from Sabrina Jeffries called Undercover Duke. If you have never tried a Sabrina Jeffries and you're in the mood for a historical, she is definitely one of my go-tos. Mom and I love her Hellions of Halstead Hall series and her School for Heiresses and her Royal Brotherhood series. I mean, I've read just about her entire back catalog, so I'm excited to talk to you about her new book, Undercover Duke. In the fourth Duke Dynasty novel, See what you did there, Sabrina. New York Times bestselling author Sabrina Jeffries, one of the best-known names in historical romance, weaves an enchanting Regency romance with a mystery at its core, which is some of our favorites. 
Along with his step-siblings, Sheridan Wolf, Duke of Armitage, is determined to finally solve the mysteries behind the suspicious deaths of their mother's three husbands. Tasked with investigating a possible suspect, Sheridan finds himself in a dangerous proximity to her captivating daughter, Vanessa Pride. But still haunted by a tragically lost love, the Duke is resolved to resist the attraction and avoid any scheming husband hunters. Besides, lovely Miss Pride seems utterly smitten with a roguish London playwright. Vanessa thinks a little scheming may be in order, for it's Sheridan she truly has her sights and her heart set on. Her theatrical flirtation is intended only to break through his business-like demeanor and guarded emotions. And as Sheridan's jealousy becomes aroused, the two soon find themselves propelled into a scheme of an altogether different kind, involving a pretend engagement, a secret inquiry, and perhaps a perhaps not-so-secret leap into true love. So you've got mystery, intrigue, and a fake engagement. Oh my gosh. A mysterious historical romance is our catnip, and you really can't go wrong with the Sabrina Jeffries in my mind. So check out Undercover Duke wherever you get your books and let us know what you think. And we're back to hear from you guys on what you think of The Bride. Because the thing is, is I know for a lot of you that this is, you know, like I said, a a comfort read, a... A go-to. One of your go-tos. So let's hear from you. Savannah says, I can't wait to hear your thoughts. This is one of my all-time favorite historical romance novels. So Savannah is one of those. Um... Cassie says, I'm going to give this one a like. I liked Alec as a hero, and Jamie was an interesting heroine. The historical period it took place in was unique. Due to the publication date, I knew to expect some issues, and they definitely existed. Frequent dubious consent and a rape joke that even the heroine laughed at. But I was still able to appreciate the overall story. I definitely think if I had read this when it came out, or sometime close to that time frame, I would have adored this and had very fond feelings toward it. I'm interested to hear what everyone thinks of this one, especially those of us who read it when it first came out or read it as a gateway into the romance genre. Um, yeah, I will say, like, well, that- for a book in 1989, it's not bad. Right. And but- especially for, like, an alpha hole uh, Highland guy, like, well, the whole consent thing is a big deal because I completely <laughs> forgot about all that stuff when they have sex for the first time. And she's like, we should stop. You need to stop. And he's like, but your body says no. no your yeah. body says yes. <laughs> and how often is that, you know, yeah. been used as an excuse? Um, so, yeah, there was consent issues there. Wouldn't have played out in today's yeah. climate, I don't think. I agree. Um, but I feel like I've read worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure. Um so I think comparatively it's somewhat tame on that front, but yes, they exist for sure. Um, Jessica says, this is one of my all-time favorite historical romance, and it's my second favorite Julie Garwood behind The Secret. Her Scottish romances are one of the reasons I've always been obsessed with the country and its culture. This book, one of the best uh, it has one of the best scenes at the end. Payment from Lady Kincaid. Love it. Yes. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was great. Um, and yeah, that's mom and I like that. We want that to be our next trip is to Scotland. Because they speak English. I want to go during the Highland Games for no reason. No reason whatsoever. They throw <laughs> pine trees at each other? What? I want to see 
brawny men throwing crap at each other. <laughs> they don't throw them at each other. They just throw them. <laughs> um, said, this was a love. It was funny, sweet, and set in Scotland. I could have done without the suspense element woven into the story. It was a little cheesy. I would kind of agree with that, too. Um, I'm still swooning from when Alex saw Jamie wearing his plaid for the first time on her terms when the king was visiting. The secret is my favorite Julie Garwood, and I recommend it as well. Yeah, that scene with the king, while I totally knew what was going down, was cute. When It was cute. She's just blathering about. Well, and the whole thing, she's, she kept saying, come on, keep up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention, will you? Keep up with the story. And she was like, it didn't even make sense. She's like, well, wait, what? And she's like, come on, you're not paying attention. <laughs> asking very valid questions (laughs) (laughs) but i knew it was going to be the king i mean obviously but it was pretty funny yeah and i like how she was so concerned about like my pleats don't mess with my pleats (laughs) (laughs) i could get it though because it would be hard to figure that stuff out Well, i've seen like the i've seen a video of the freaking detail that go into like tying a plaid and it's intense yeah it is a process and so um, I liked how, you know, it's, it's like a little girl with, you know, curls in her hair or something like, don't mess, don't with- mess, no, don't mess it up. <laughs> it was just cracking me up. Um, Ruthie says a day or so passed since I finished and I keep thinking about it. So that's a good sign. I can see why it's a classic. The world building is well done. However, it didn't really pull me in at first and I, and I started it a few times and came back to it. It seems like Garwood might have a style that takes some time for me to get into, but then once in, once I'm in, it's good. There is a certain, I think that's kind of, um, it's kind of like, uh, the old school writers kind of, I think that was just kind of the style of writing at this time. Um, Ruthie continues, there is a certain dryness to the writing time spent in the details of life and a feeling that I am watching the characters rather than getting inside their heads. Yeah. I definitely think that is like a time period. It's written thing. Um, I'm not sure if that's exactly a plus or a minus. Some parts bothered me, like the choice of the villain. I didn't see it coming because in some ways it was a little bit offensive. Is that just me? (laughs) Not just you, Ruthie. Um, I liked how Jamie won the whole clan over and enjoyed her shenanigans and the back and forth between her and Alec. However, I felt a little cheated by the I love you moment being part of their game of besting each other, although still cute. Yeah, I, I still liked it. I think it was a lot of fun, even if not my favorite. I would definitely try Something Else by Gartwood. Yeah, and I agree with that as well. Yeah. Um, I think I have, but it's like I said, I'm not convinced I hadn't read this book, so. <laughs> um, Aieda says, except for a couple of no's being ignored, which I know it was a thing of both the time it was written and the time portrayed in the story, I think it was amazing. Get me a book with a big Scott and a bunch of sharp-tongued people and I'll happily get away from reality. Yeah, I, I really do. There's just something about a Highlander book that I, I do really love. I love the big mountain men with the... I just love being called lass and love. and <laughs> Yeah, that's all good too. Um, Jess says, I love this book. I remember reading it back when I was a teenager. Sobs. That was 20 years ago now. And yeah, I feel you on that one, Jess. And I reread for the first time by listening to the audiobook back in November for my romance book club. Although some elements have certainly not aged well, overall, overall, I think The Bride is a quintessential classic historical romance. Humor, heat, witty banter, great hero and heroine, some big swoony moments, a little intrigue. This book has it all. I mentioned 
mentioned when I guested on the podcast a couple of months ago that my romance book club is made up of mostly non-romance readers, and this book was universally loved among the group. Perhaps the only romance book we've read in the past year and a half that every member loved. I think The Bride is just a feel-good romance, and I smiled pretty much the whole time reading while rereading it. I'm so glad it was picked for the podcast, and I hope that others enjoy it, despite some outdated elements. And I will, like, I did definitely, and I totally get what you're saying, Jess, because it is a crowd pleaser. I think, I think that's the thing with it is, um, it's hard to not walk away enjoying it, right? At the very least. So, um, finally, Jen says, I really enjoyed this book. Jamie is such a wonderful heroine. I love how she is so badass and sweet at the same time. I loved the scenes at the beginning of the book when she sees kilts for the first time and she's so scandalized by seeing men's (laughs) knees. Uh, the scene... The scenes where Jamie first meets the priest and keeps giving him coins for Alex's indulgences really cracked me up. That was funny. And then he would just put him back in the box and she kept taking him out. And, and Alex, Alex realized that's how she was showing him how he, she was pissed off at him. Uh, Alec was a great hero. He tried so hard not to fall in love with Jamie so he wouldn't have to worry about her, but of course falls real hard for her. Overall, a fun read that I would definitely reread. Yeah. No, I mean, Yeah. And the more I talk about it, like, I did really enjoy it. I just think, I didn't walk away loving it, I think is where. I might even enjoy it more on a reread because I would know that that part was coming. Because really, that's the only thing that kind of made me go, ah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, no, for sure. Uh, but I'm I'm very glad I've, I've read it now and can refer to yeah, it. I as... might try that secret book. Yeah, for sure. Because I definitely... I mean, it's not, she's not an author that I was like, ugh, no, no, <laughs> never again. <laughs> no, not at all. Although I wouldn't say that about really anybody, probably. Oh, maybe some. Maybe some. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge, I wouldn't judge an author based on one book. Not, well, I would, but I wouldn't make a final decision. <laughs> I wouldn't make a blanket <laughs> statement about an author on just one book. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. But I might not rush out to buy yes. her next book. And it, I would wait to hear about someone really loving. I know. There's a lot of books that we didn't like that people loved. <laughs> That's very true. That's true. Um, okay. So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The Bride by Julie Garwood. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, our subreddit, Not Your Mom's subreddit, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On June 14th, we'll be discussing Managed by Kristen Callahan. And you guys are really raving. You're really putting this hero on a pedestal, so he better deliver. He better make me weak in the knees. Yeah. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. We do. All right. Thanks, Mom. Ellen, you're so welcome. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Missed y'all. Yep. All right. Bye, guys. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.